Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two, whilst occasionally sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing with this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 20th of November 2023. And this is the Searching for Positives podcast and... The chat, the market chat, is actually an in-house one between Ben, Webby and myself because we've had plenty of politics in the last few weeks. And bluntly, I think we're as downbeat as it gets. So if you don't feel like jumping into the swollen river, probably, you know, turn off after the prices. You know, we're in a funny time at the moment. Lots of logistics, lots of difficulty in getting stuff moved before Christmas. And it's, yeah, not many cheerful people around. So searching for positives by doing grain. I'll start with my star points I want to make about the market. Here's a negative one as a positive. Pre-Christmas movement, already mentioned it, very difficult or is a discount. The wheat market is £3 down on the week. There's no exports. There is ongoing new crop bad weather. That's a positive in terms of price. It's a very negative thing in terms of a farmer's livelihood. But in terms of price for the 23 crop, it means the surplus goes there in the end. But at this moment, it's not sufficiently in our face to influence prices. So the market is drifting, as is the whole of the rest of the world's prices. What else is there? Lots of death in Gaza. Yeah, well, that, that could spill over and become an oil issue, which could push prices up. Grain corridor still open and they've got an insurance deal now which with a London-based firm which might tempt old Putin to do something because it's a London-based firm. So yeah, pretty lame or stuff. There is a one definitely good bit of news which has come out this morning which is the RED requirement for the bio plants which had the cliff edge of the 31st of December has been extended. There's more time to negotiate it. So it means that Ensis and Virgo are going to be able to continue to buy UK feed wheat and that if they have not bought much of it already and they suddenly appear in the marketplace today buying feed wheat that should give things a bit of a bolster. So here's hoping there's something good there. Right, moving on. Let's do the prices for feed wheat. Oh, I haven't made them down. That's a good point. I'll make them up as I go along, shall I? Well, pre-Christmas, 175 and for Nov, if you've absolutely had to move it. The price for January would be 188 and the price for May, currently, would be something like 195 I mean, no one's really trading it at the moment. Everybody wants 200 and something. So I don't think this is the time to do it. And I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought corn was hitting the bottom. It went up, it's come back down again, it's still, it's higher than when we called the bottom, but I still think that one has had enough of going down, and it just needs one little weather event to make all of the funds come in and buy the shit out of it, and I I think that's, I hope, is what's going to happen, it's a blind hope of prices going up, 
It doesn't make any difference to me, but it makes a massive difference to my whole customer base. And I think my consumer customers are pretty well covered. They've been very good on their buying. They've got themselves covered for certainly through Jan Feb. There's minimal amounts to be bought, and that's a very bearish thing from a farmer perspective. But I think they've made a wise decision in getting themselves covered while the market's sub £200 a tonne. I think we're hoping for whatever it is that's going to turn up to make the market go up. All of us feel like that. I don't think anyone's particularly willing the market to go down so farmers have a more miserable time. So I think we're all on your side at this point, you farmers. A fee barley pre-Christmas, yeah, you can give it away with a free shirt. 152 probably. Jan, 160x. I'm not going to report prices beyond that. People aren't really interested. You can put it off until March, and I don't think there'll be much difference in price. Hopefully there'll be some export, but at the moment that is not on the cards either. I told you it was miserable. Aussie rape. I did say that close your eyes and it might go up a bit. Well, it went down to 335. It's now 345. It's been higher than that. It's come back down again. Big concerns about the planted crop for next year, sitting in, you know, wet feet, basically. Now, I think that the joke about concern about lots of flea beetle drowning is not very funny, but I've made it. Yeah, so there is there is a concern about the rape crop for next year. Harvest price for rape next year, I'll do that now, is 365. So clearly we have a little plan there to say, oh, let's aim at 400. Will 400 make you a profit, depending on how low your yield is on the basis of how the crop has suffered, is another story. But at this moment, that's the price, and I don't think anyone's going to trade it. Old crop again, old crop milling wheat, £65 premium. If you've got any, I don't see that dropping. Soft wheat premiums into the Midlands, £10 over feed. But that is on a 10.5 protein plus, which most of them are not. And then you've got to allow, for, in terms of a farmer from East Anglia or from Norfolk, it's an extra haulage of probably five, six, seven quid, which takes away most of the premium. And then you've got the old claim culture, which the Millers deny. But, you know, oh, there's a claim. Yeah, obviously it's 4.1% screenings. Yeah, so there we go. Malting barley, pre-Christmas, no hope in hell of moving it if you haven't sold it already. It is proving difficult. The maltsters are pushing fixings back, which is great. There's been lots of disruption at intake. We've had our store stuff going in swimmingly. No rejections at all. Touch wood, famously. Don't say that without saying, I didn't mean it. Anyway, yeah, so, so far so good. Stuff from farm, another story. There's lots of stuff from farm, which I guess is just that bit more scruffy. Several, so many loads getting rejected for moisture. I know this autumn's been difficult and you haven't been able to blow it much, and so you haven't been able to take the moisture out that last little bit, or even the heaps have gained a little bit of moisture because of all the dampness that's been around. But there is a very large number, now we're into November, of malting barley loads being rejected for moisture, which is really annoying for everybody. And so we have to then get replacement fixings and so on and so on, and it's a, it's a misery. Or find somewhere to try it, and because the premium is 100 quid over fee barley, it's worth doing that, but it's still a massive cost, extra haulage, extra drying, which is not cheap now anyway. So, yeah, I keep talking about something that's really miserable, but I might as well bring out the whole point. In the malting barley market, there's been a big move with Baird's malts being sold to souffle, so the old Frenchies have got hold of our, you know, UK consumer stroke whiskey maker, stroke, you know, with, so, yeah, they're in, in turn owned by Invivo, which is still French, I think, who knows? Certainly not a British company, certainly not great for the taxpayer, but, you know, Baird's are a big buyer of East Anglian barley into uh, Whittam, and the rest of their stuff goes up into Scotland, where they're a much bigger company through Scotcrane. And we, they're a customer of ours. You know, we hope that souffle will keep... I don't know, it depends what they try and do. If they if they try and buy it from Paris from a distance via some sort of auction lot, which is, has been known, it might turn into a bit of a misery. But equally, hopefully, they'll keep the team that they've got and we'll keep trading with them. It makes makes life easier to have lots of customers, doesn't it? So good luck to the boys who are actually with the Baird's group. 
not running no chance here, February, if you had perfect spring barley distilling 255x for fair is about its value at the moment, you're going to go onto a boat, probably 235x, 20 quid discount, 185 nitrogens, Planet Laureate or Diablo, you know, a variety specific boats. Winter barley's a discount to that of probably about a tenner, as a guess. So it's not really a very fluid market, that one. Moving on to new crop, of which I've already given you some of the prices. Also, you've told you, feed wheat. Harvest, 188 delivered store. November, 193x farm. Is that good? Is that bad? Is your crop going to yield? I would suggest probably most people will say, no, I'm not going to sell it. Milling wheat, 40 quid plus premium. There's minimum premium contracts out there, but that I think is a reflection on the need for milling wheat. I would say this, there's obviously a big increase in milling wheat seed sales this year because of the big premium. So possibly we could see premiums begin to struggle. So keep an eye on those min 40 premiums because locking into a minimum on it, if you can trust the guys to pay you the actual market value at the time, that might actually be a good contract. I wouldn't rush into it this moment because of obviously the weather issues we're having. Malting Valley is a slightly different issue in the bad weather because if we do continue to have a wet autumn and early new year, then the swing into spring barley varieties is going to be enormous. Well, that's already determined because the spring barley seed's pretty well sold out. Everyone's jumped, so there's going to be a big crop. And there's a whole lot of guys who are growing spring barley who shouldn't do because they, you know, they live on the wrong sort of land and they haven't got the weather, they haven't got the right climate. It doesn't work, especially if we get a dry spring or a very hot summer. Inland, crop suffers and it gets thin and high nitrogen and all the rest of it. And only the purists on the best land over here in Norfolk, where we always produce the goods, you know, can you kind of bet on it winning the race, if you like. But a massive acreage of it is going to create a sentiment which pushes the market values down. Harvest value roughly for perfect barley, 169 and below, Laureate Diablo, 235 delivered, rough valued x farm november 250 this is for perfect stuff 185 nitrogen probably a 20 pound discount to that that's a, that's giving you a flavor of it but you haven't planted you haven't got the seed yet you haven't planted it yet there's a whole host of things to happen yet so i don't think you're under pressure on that price so chill out you know if you feel like doing some by all means phone us up i don't know whether it's going to go up or down if there's a massive crop there'll be some merchants saying book now to avoid disappointment if you get into that sort of mode then by all means phone us up and book it with us instead of them uh, please i think that's about it oh big news also president xi and biden had a meeting this week which i think is good news they had a bit of a chat you know don't send arms to taiwan i'm going to keep doing it and don't do this and they'll counter each other but at least they had a meeting and the key is the two superpowers being those two guys leaves our little friend vlad in russia out of the picture now he doesn't like that he likes to be like superpower number one doesn't he so so i suspect he's about to do something dastardly just keep everyone's attention that's always a possibility but anyway the point is that china and america talking has got to be a good thing as a a member of the human race okay one final thing podcast i've got where the car park is we're going to try and park we'll meet at this point if we're not allowed to park that we'll find out but i think it's the cricket club car park anyway the best what three words i could find that was relevant to grain was corrosive pasta gathering i rather like that corrosive pasta gathering so november the 28th at 11 a.m it's in winterton corrosive pasta gathering so if you feel like getting soaking wet and freezing cold then that's the place to be because the last one was a right washout but we still did it anyway with that have a great week i'd like to say have a dry week but the forecast is the exact opposite of that so enjoy the rain thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours 
Are you looking for a local secure place for your dog to run freely? Set in the beautiful Norfolk countryside, Martham Poreground is the perfect place for dogs that require recall training, are reactive, or simply would love to let off some steam. Voted Norfolk Dog Field of the Year 2023, Martham Poreground includes a walk-in field and a brand new drive-in field. Book today at marthamporeground.co.uk. And now it's time for the farm chat. Okay, we've got a week off having guests this week, so I have got with me Ben and Webby. Good morning, chaps, or good afternoon, even. Good afternoon. Hello. And as much as I'd like to have a week off politics, we've kind of stirred a few people up in the last few weeks, which is all exciting. Very unlike us. Yeah, we're just here to just be journalists, aren't we? (laughs) Pointless trading. Yeah, we've got a few things. There's been some in, some movements in government which are irritating. You know, proof. This is like the trader analogy where the worst trader always gets promoted to being manager. So you can get them away from actually trading. They become like knighted. And David Cameron is the <laughs> name I'm thinking of. Here's the guy who took us out of Europe, really, who created the mess. And he's now able to not even be an MP, reappear from nowhere, make yeah, him a lord. Yeah. Only the Tories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, genius, isn't it? He's involved in Greensill Capital. Yeah. There's about ten billion gone missing from that. Yeah, he got paid twenty million for a year's work. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that. I just uh, when I left, and then suddenly everything went wrong. I can't think. Anyway, I'll, I'll be. I know. I'll join the gap. Anyway, we mustn't. Yeah, dwell on that. Okay. But so, so politi- political movements, though. Let's stay on that. Steve Barkley. Well, Therese Coffey's gone. What can we say about her? Well, she was really passionate about agriculture. <laughs> She was worried about the rain. Yeah, coming the wrong way. It was. It was. A, it must have come from the ground. No, it came from the wrong direction, didn't it? The flooding. So yeah, that was an interesting uh, piece of logic. I mean, obviously, she was a Liz Truss favourite. She did resign. Can I just say she wasn't sacked from her oh, post? Okay. She actually resigned, but cool. probably because she knew what was coming. And now we have Steve Barclay. So I think he's fairly vanilla. I don't okay. know. Do you think he'll stay and listen to questions whenever he does a talk, perhaps, or? I don't know how deep he'll get into it before he's promoted to something else, do we? And then they'll get someone else. Well, in theory, we've got less than a year of this cabinet, haven't we? Because the general election has to be next year. No, they'll, go, they'll be in forever, I'm afraid. We're just... Oh, like, no one's going to vote. No one cares. Right, so... Oh. Yeah, Keir Starmer. He's Keir got, Starmer, yeah, he's... He's had some troubles this week. Sacked a few members of his cabinet today. Yeah, over the whole Gaza well, his Israel cabinet, thing. His shadow cabinet, yeah. yeah. OK, yeah. let's not get involved in that. We've got to mention that particular conflict a bit later in Influences on the Market. OK, yeah, but okay. Starmer. But yeah, he was up at a <clears> distillery <throat> in Scotland, the Inch Derny Distillery. Inch Derny. Inch Derny. Funnily enough, I've, I've been it. to. They do a lot of... Excuse r- me? You should know how to pronounce it. If you've been there, you should know how to pronounce it. Hang on, let me hand over to my Scottish colleague, Ian McCallum-Webster. <laughs> yeah, you, you've been there, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pass the buck. You've actually been there, Ben. <laughs> Inch Derny. Yes, all right. I was probably Ian. drunk when I got there, okay. Ian. But anyway, no, interestingly enough... Um, Only should mention that. Uh, <laughs> I did apologise to Joe. Yeah, so he was there basically, I mean, looking to score a few points, isn't he? He was saying that he'd look to push the uh, deal with India through on scotch and malt, which, as we know, it's not. It's still rumbling on. Yeah, which is... The, I, I'm not, I, I lose track of the, the fabulous deals that they sort of done. So this fabulous deal is the, the Indians can just send stuff to us willy-nilly and we can't send it back. Something like that. A good, well, real strong deal, yeah? The theory was that, yeah, so the Indian market would open up and scotch and malt sales would rocket through the roof as everything left Scotland. But, of course, it's not happened. It's still ongoing. Who yeah. knows what's happening with that deal? Oh, it's just, That's all I can say, yeah. 
I wish we could negotiate some of our deals with the government, don't you? If we're dealing with them, I think we yeah. get some really good prices and, yeah, pay you tomorrow and move it sometime or another and never really counted whether the tonnage was there or not. Yeah, <laughs> OK. But no, I mean, you know, so Keir was there in a distillery looking at some barley and, yeah, saying that he would get that deal going, which is, a, you know, you know it's, it's a good thing, isn't it? But as ever with politicians, you just don't know. No, and, and while I'm going to try and skip through, the influence of politics is critical to grain prices. The Israel-Palestine conflict, the risk still exists that that could escalate and oil prices would go through the roof because of the region it's in. Yeah. yeah so. Well, yes, the danger is that if Hezbollah in the Lebanon finally go, sod this, we're going to launch our 11,000 rockets, mm-hmm. and Iran then goes, we're going to back them. Yeah, oh, it doesn't bear thinking about it, actually. No, but it's, it's you know, you have to think of, you know, maybe maybe it wouldn't be too long that we had to worry, but, you know, it's clearly escalation would mean increase in energy prices yet again, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, in, you know, inflation, dramatic drop that Rishi Sunak took the credit for, and, of course, it was nothing to do with government policy, all to do with gas and oil coming down. Predicting to drop the inflation a year ago when it was incredibly in the teens where it was or 10, was it was going to happen anyway by definition. You can't yeah. rise by that much again. It has to eventually. So he knew he was on a winner with that. If he looks like a winner, you know, then great. He'll stand there and tell everyone how clever he's been, but he's not actually done anything. And chances are within food, it's not going to work his way yet um, no. because one or two other things are beginning to count against him, like the weather. You know, so it's not all straightforward, is it? Just on the subject we were on, on Israel-Palestine conflict, oil prices, the advert on oil, you know, that green advert, Channel 4, if anyone hasn't seen that, it's pretty, pretty grotesque and pretty straight to the mark. It's quite funny. Well, I think one day there will be one like that about food. Yeah. About who's in control of it and how it all works. And I think that whoever's got their fingers in the pie, the fact they actually have it effectively in the House of Commons is really interesting because it's very near the mark. If the farming community want to find a shocking ad agency who put together that advert, tap them up because that's the sort of stuff you need to do. I don't remember we tapped into Google, was it Just Stop Oil? But I mean, to explain it in more depth, there was basically a load of people twerking who ripped their trousers off and they've got basically oil-smeared... Yeah, 14-minute private jet flight, and they're ripping off their trousers. Or they're well, on, and they're throwing money o- around. Oil profits throwing money around. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's all of them chucking money around in the House of Commons in their underpants with their oil stains. Yeah, it's straight to the point. Who's taking all the money out of this? Who's gaining out of this scenario? That makes you, hang on a minute, makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it? yeah. Right, I'm, that's out of my system. So let's talk about the weather. It's rained again. An inch and a half of rain coming. and Yeah, supposedly overnight. But uh, we've had a little bit of a respite. We've had sugar beet come out the ground and actually the fields don't look in that bad a nick. If you've got the right field you're getting it out of. There's some yeah. other ones. There's lots of mud on the road. The heaven's not great. But uh, the spud guys are the ones you've got to really sympathise with. That's pretty awful. Yeah. And some of these crops are you know, looking pretty peaky, aren't they, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. And the worst of it is there's more rain forecast, isn't there? There's no real respite from it. I don't know, other parts of the country are clearly worse than we are, so we can't really winch that much. But it, and that is, it's on the back of a strong El Nino, 
Is that what we're we're on? Well, I, I, this is, is jet, the jet stream direction, yeah. bringing the Atlantic fronts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, mm. it's not been just us, is it? The French no. have had a complete smack with it. There's been lots of rain in Spain, Portugal, so there's flooding all over the place. Mm. Yeah, it's clearly a there is a, a strong weather pattern which is bringing lots of moisture. I don't want to talk it out, but as it says, a repeat. Was it 2012? Was it the year? I remember it being a particularly shite spring barley year of needles. And I think, was that not the same, the Putin year? I've always been rubbish at remembering specific years. Years, they, they blend into each other, yeah. right? But if you remember conditions and the dynamics of what happens when the rain doesn't stop, knitting needles, spring barley. I mean, the spring barley... No, that was when it just turned dry. We, didn't, we just didn't have rain from the end of Jan all the way through. Uh, yeah, well, OK, so we talk, there's getting miserable about a crop that we haven't even planted yet is a little bit... No, I know. I mean, by our standards, that's, that's proper whinging. <laughs> but I'm sure that first, before Putin did his awful thing recently, but the first Putin day, in my memory, of being in the trade was in 2012 when he banned exports. Yeah. And that was... I'm sure that was an El Nino year. And it went up 17 quid in a day. Is that all? Crikey, Webby. Those You're good at this, aren't you? Didn't move much in those days, did it? <laughs> Barely remember your wife's name, but you remember that. <laughs> but actually, coming on to that point about the weather, we have to discuss it, don't we? Spring barley seed. I mean... Yeah, it's pretty well gone, isn't it? But, <laughs> I mean, there'll be ways around it, I'm sure, and people will be looking to explore those. They're mm. going to have to use their own seed or whatever to get... Because the crop size... I mean, we were talking about one of the estimates came out today saying that the estimated crop size is going to be sub-11, is the interpretation of it which we mentioned this in the previous podcast that it's that's the hole that the surplus from this year is going to fill so it's a good bit of news for this year's crop which has got somewhere to go it's just it isn't in that place yet and in the meantime the surplus from this year is struggling to go anywhere and the rest of the world seems to be quite weak on corn and on feed wheat prices and on wheat prices so the market is generally under pressure for this year and if anyone needs to move things as predicted in the last few weeks it's proving to be very difficult and very much a discount Pre-Christmas, yeah, very hefty discount. Biggest issue is not necessarily movement, although there are an increasing number of issues on farm with bugs. The biggest issue seems to be cash. I don't think farmers have liked the price all the way through the autumn, and I therefore that stopped them selling it. Now all of a sudden they need to get some money mm. in for whatever bills they've got in late November or December, and we've had people requesting cash, haven't yeah. we? Which is fine. Combo both, but as you say, again, critically, there's storekeeping hasn't been easy this year. Certainly from farm, I think people have you know, put it in, either it's gone through dry, a bit hot, sweated, or put it in a bit damp and shouldn't have done the 15 half that's got hotter and is now 16 half. We haven't had a chance to blow it properly. It's mm. been, haven't been the, day, high, the blowing days, have Very it? high humidity, yeah. temperatures have been up. Now, we've had the odd bin with bugs in, which we've had to treat already, which, right, we're on top of it. We're really moving yeah. stuff and trying to, you know, but it's no reflection on someone's storekeeping skills. It's the reality yeah. of yeah. a very, very difficult season with a kind of not very pretty looking crop in the barn. So yeah. lots of, yeah, lacking, there's going to be lots of tears on that one yet. And a lot of wheat to me, <laughs> that is the wrong side on the moistures. There's too many, there is, yeah, yeah. you know, 15, 16 percent. Yeah. There's no yeah. obligation of the consumer to tip those things. They're getting tipped predominantly, but yeah. if every load turns up wet, they in the That's end have to reject some. Yeah. And, and, you know, we haven't had it yet, touch wood, yeah. I'm aware of. So, yeah, so it's not just the weather in terms of the crop in the ground, it's the weather in terms of keeping the crop you've got in your store. And as I say, no respite, no clear, cold, low humidity, freezing days ahead. And we could really do with a nice week of those to sort everything out, couldn't we? Yeah. So what else is happening in the world? Volcanoes, that's what's happening. 
Oh, yeah, Iceland could disappear. Well, no, it's not going to... Is that a disappear? No, but... It, well, apparently, Iceland will be unstable for years to come. Well, they've all, they all haven't left the whole island, have they? The whole place hasn't been left by everybody. No, but this corner is... It's a fault line, isn't it? Yeah, so the issue for me is, selfishly... You know, they shouldn't have beat us at football all those years ago and done that funny clapping thing that upset us all. No, it didn't. They deserved it. We were rubbish. But the dust, you know, if you get a massive volcanic eruption, it just depends where that dust blows around in the atmosphere or, you know, stratosphere or wherever it is that blocks sunlight out. That's been done in the past. If you get a real, you know, mega volcano, gun, it seems to be quite a big area, doesn't it, by all accounts? Yeah. So a major... I'm thinking, well, Krakatoa? Yeah, I'd probably, yes. That was an enormous one. I mean, that was in the 17th century, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but there it? was a big one in, in America, Washington. Oh, Mount Etna. No, that's in Italy. Oh, no. It was oh. Washington. I'm sure it was Washington. Yeah, Mount I think Washington. You're, yeah. In Washington. Oh, I think you're right. And Or something like that. That is an issue. Some years you get that. It stays up in the atmosphere for a long period of time, cuts out sunlight in critical growing regions, and you end up with a much smaller crop. History dictates that these things have occurred. You know, have seven years of no production in the 1700s from Krakatoa, and, and yeah. then you end up with, with famine. So it's, yeah, I, it's, we'll be alarmist again. But <laughs> Oh, I, my solar panels are buggered. <laughs> and I think we just talked it down to a 9000000 tonne crop now, haven't we? <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> I think we're, we're looking at things. You have to look, in modern world, and we've got our mate Scotty, who's a risk manager, you have to look at every conceivable risk, don't you? Yeah, right? you do. And we're always spending our time telling everyone why the market's going down. We've come up with two really good reasons why the market could go up. One is weather, one is a volcano. There you go, yep. So that's my input. I'm bullish. What about you two? I certainly feel bullish. I do feel bullish in your crop, but old crop I'm less certain about. I just From the demand side, it's still really, really thin. Is then pre-Christmas certainly second half of the year. I'm still kind of holding out for a bit of hope of whether it's political-led story or weather kind of spook or something in the next six months that would give us twenty quid's worth of upside and then you on old, hopefully. That'd be nice. If two hundred comes on the farm <coughs> in the nearby markets, if that's not sold into really heavily by farmers, well, I really hope that is the case. I can't see 200x appearing in a hurry. I think it's even almost today is going through a bit of a I want to go down again mood. The thing that's pulling it up is new crop, but the spread has come in from 12 quid to 8 quid. It, to me, it's, it's you know, buy new crop, sell old crop. You're going to make money standing on your head with that at some point in the next six yep. months because it's going to pull out. But that means, I think, probably a weaker old crop. I think the consumer's locally f- finished. We still don't know about this RED thing for the rent system for, for Virgo. And that, if it comes like, no, it's not going to be agreed, that's got to be incredibly bearish, isn't it? If they're not buying wheat jan onwards, that's, that's a million tonnes or more of consumption that isn't going to be there. Well, that's grew the market. So that's a yeah. risk, big risk. I can't see them actually agreeing that. I think it's up to the Europeans to give us the OK on it. And what's in it for them? Perhaps yeah, I mean, there is no benefit to the Europeans so, no. at all. So send David Cameron out to negotiate that one, yeah? They'll come back with a resounding victory. Yeah, so what else is there to say? I mean, we've got a wet, miserable November where dragging stuff, there's stuff being rejected from farms, malting barley, rejections from farms regularly. There's been a lot more, yeah. Stuff from our stores going in, touch wood, which it should do because we're supposed to be professional, but even, you know, even us, we hold our breath sometimes. It's, I don't know, it's going to be a very long, drawn-out, draggy old winter at this rate, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And like I said, just a very stale market. I mean, farmers certainly are very... I know people are still on the land, but 
don't really want to know at the moment, understandably. Yeah. So. Right, let's go back. The podcasts we've had last few weeks, the pol- political ones, we had Tom Clark on from AHTB. There's been a, a big response from that, from farm and from the trades. Some, the former is very positive, the latter is not. So clearly we're you know, not on everyone's Christmas card list now, but there's a few things in there that if you can't have an opinion set out loud, you know, it's provoking. We need to review this industry. The, the industry's in a spot of bother, mm. in my opinion, and it, it seems to be drifting along with no plan, you know, above our level of trading. And I'm kind of interested in the future, obviously, because it's... Well, I haven't got much of it being an old codge, but you need to know where you're going with your business, with what you're planning, and we're trying to provoke some sort of coherence, I think. But certainly farmers have been really positive about the podcast, haven't they? Yeah, but coming back to the the plan and the coherence, I think that is coming from government now because they don't have a plan on food security. Yeah, that's my point. But they they haven't got one. And you know, the podcast with Tom Clark were very good. And you know, sadly, he can't make these brutal statements. He has to be diplomatic. But it just feels like the chickens could come home to roost on this one. When we were in the European Union, there was a very clear common agricultural policy. Now we're not. There isn't a policy. It just seems to be... We want cheap food. Well, cheap food and let's reduce our carbon by planting flower beds and solar panels. And telling everyone we're carbon friendly whilst buying food in from abroad that has got an even greater carbon footprint because... Yeah, and not only that, granting new licences for oil and gas fields in the North Sea. I mean, we're all looking short-termist at our immediate driving of our car going home tonight, aren't we? It's, you know, we're not. Yeah, yeah. And it's a vote winner, but that's that's the point. We've got a four-year plan for whoever gets in, which is not enough time to do anything, is it? So. Yeah, I, I think you're saying the industry is sort of, yeah, looking for a bit of direction. I think the government has caused this as well, because yeah. it's just not settled on a single policy. Got any thoughts, Webby? <laughs> It's really bad to admit, but I was actually thinking about something completely different, so I wasn't following that part of the conversation. It's a very bad time for the podcast. Isn't it? Is it? If someone's drifted off to sleep while driving along because they're hypnotised, yeah. no, I'm so yeah. miserable. Yeah. You're thinking about that cheese, aren't you? Yeah, do you know what? That was. Um, have we talked about this in the podcast before? But our, our local cheese. Yes, a Norfolk cheese. Baron Bigod. Yeah. Is it Bidgood or Bigod? Bigod. Cracking cheese. Incredible cheese. I used to play for Bungie by God FC. Sunday team when I was 16 years old. Young player of the year. Picture of me with a kipper tie and hair. A kipper tie. Paul Dowson got a top goal scorer award. Didn't realise Dowson was a footballer. (laughs) No, he he was bloody good. Good goal scorer, yeah. There's a famous picture of of a game against Hempnell where there's in the foreground is Dowson running for a ball, T-shirt under his football shirt and a pair of black gloves on, really looking a bit nippy, but chasing after the ball. And in the background is superhero man with his sleeves rolled up, covered in shit, socks down, like you didn't have to wear shin pads. Yeah, it's great. I love to just take the piss out of Dowson all the time for that. Were you a bit of a sort of like Vinnie Jones style? I was only, I was 17 and totally and utterly committed into it. Yeah, I, I, there was nothing I wouldn't go through to try and get the ball. But it was more to do with, I think, sweating, running around. I was okay. like, yeah. Out of over. Anyway, Bungie by God. So back to that, the cheese. I was, I was just going to say, sorry, Paul Dowson's like a crap version of uh, Gary Lineker, isn't he? Paul Dyson, was a, if anyone who doesn't know, he, he was a grain trader 
and he worked with me as, when I was a lad at Dalgetty's and he went through, he worked for Dalgetty's for lots of years, left for a while, came back to the same team with Trevor Gates and Ian Skin and he retired when he was 60 about whew, three, four years ago. And he finished with, with Gleddles or was it, did he go into ADM? I can't remember. Did he do a year with I can't ADM? remember. Yeah. But he, yeah, no, and he basically is just keeping really fit and, and happy and living off his pension which is admirable. You know, he's, he just didn't want to know anymore. He'd kind of had enough of it and he's very into fitness and eating carrots and shit like that, wasn't he? So he'll live forever. He'll be at our funeral, not we won't be at his. <laughs> you know, he was someone in the industry for most of my career. Bungie by God, back to by God's Bungie cheese. By God, yeah. So Baron by God's cheese is a French brie style cheese where the farmer went and bought some French cows and basically and makes you know fantastic cheese out of it, doesn't it? Oh, it's amazing. We're meant to leave it for a day or two, but I think we nailed it. Did Have you finished yesterday? it? Have you finished it? No, no, no. Christ, there's half left. There's not half left. I know there's not half left. Okay, there's, there's a third left. Um. Right, anyway, we bought a massive, great big reel of it, and it's just, I recommend it I for anybody. actually wasn't the worst offender. I think Ben's been the worst offender. Yeah. I've notched down on my book each time he went up to the table for another, for another slab. <laughs> That's the first time you've written in your trade book this year, Ian. Anyway, <laughs> promoting Norfolk cheese, uh, all yeah. of you out there, just, you know, I appreciate we're totally biased, but I totally recommend you get if, your If they up. do mail order, this is a, like Christmas Day classic, I would yeah, highly recommend ordering for Christmas. Yeah, perfect. Anyway, so we've done the cheese now, we've done wet miserableness, we've kind of covered the world, we've tried to avoid politics and failed miserably. I think this week, that's a kind of wrap, isn't it? I, I, we were expecting this market to be pretty darn boring in the short term not going to storm through the roof i called the bottom of the corn market last week in the states and it's gone down mm. so no, actually it went up immediately now it's back isn't actually quite down to the bottom yet but it doesn't look very strong today so yeah we're kind of going through that november had it fed up type mood so farmer boys you're the only ones out there who are fed up with this weather and fed up with the market so carry on dream of a dry weather and have a good week cheers boys cheers thank you Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich. 